Welcome to the discussion Primer on Identity and Access Management in Government, sponsored by Okta. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. My guest today, Togai Andrews, the Chief Information Security Officer at the Federal Emergency Management Agency, Brian Mulo, the Director of Infrastructure Modernization at the General Services Administration, Judy Snowich, the Identity, Credential, and Access Management Program Manager at the Interior Department, and Ted Gerard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Okta. Welcome to the discussion today. Before we get started, let me set some context for our discussion. It's been more than two months since the Office of Management and Budget released the final policy updating how agencies should address identity and access management. The memo takes on ICAM in six parts. It rescinds several other policies, like the 2004 memo on e-authentication or the 2005 memo on e-signatures. I'll call them oldies but goodies. And just as important, the memo recognizes that the 15-year-old approach under Homeland Security Presidential Directive 12, HSPD 12, needs to be adapted to meet current and emerging technology needs. Concepts like zero trust, that shift operating model, and the security beyond the perimeter must be central in the ICAM discussion. And the need to incorporate identity with cloud and shared services is a growing priority among several agencies. Really, the memo is encouraging, emphasizing agencies to look at their current way of doing things and start thinking about what they need to do differently as they move forward with cloud, mobility, citizen services, as they all become more intertwined in how agencies meet their mission. Really, the policy opens the door for a more secure, privacy-enhanced digital identity solution for citizens and businesses. So with that context in place, let me once again introduce my guest, Togai Andrews, the Chief Information Security Officer at the Federal Emergency Management Agency, Brian Mulo, the Director of Infrastructure Modernization at the General Services Administration, Judy Snowich, Identity, Credential, and Access Management Program Manager at the Interior Department, and Ted Gerard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Okta. Uh, Togai, let me start with you. FEMA, uh, you guys have a huge need for identity, credential, and access management, both internally but also externally, because you deal with first responders. Talk a little bit about what your strategy is to ensure you know who is who and what, what are they doing on your network. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, at, a sort of, at a broader level for FEMA, um, as you correctly stated, FEMA has uh, uh, stakeholders both uh, internal to the federal government and outside of the federal government, all of our state, local uh, 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 entities. So in, we definitely believe in a zero trust environment. And to do that, uh, we, are, uh, we took steps uh, previously to enable, enable our, our systems. Uh, currently, our current strategy is really focused on uh, PKI enabling our suite of uh, applications uh, to enable us to do single sign-on. Uh, that's, that's our broad uh, objective for uh, uh, this time around. And I think what really do, this does for us is it helps us uh, when we need to grow our user base to include our non-federal entities, uh, like our state and local government, uh, especially during uh, an emergency or disaster season. Now, as a chief information security officer, you're worried about both that internal customer, if you will, and the external customer. The, the single sign-on, though, is that currently just in the internal customer world and you're moving it, or do you have it extended to partners outside of FEMA? So currently, uh, internal to FEMA, we are focusing on single sign. External to FEMA, we are focusing on um, PKI and uh, smart card enablement uh, and, and ensuring that folks that have access to our network um, are truly identified uh, and, and validated. I remember years ago, they talked about the first responder card 
uh, they had a name for it. I, it escapes me right now, but it was kind of, they had the TWIC, the Transportation Worker Identity Card. They had something for first responders. They were, everyone was getting a card. I think it was like an Oprah show. You get a card, you get, right? So uh, we'll be interested to catch up with that. Uh, Brian, GSA in many ways has been out in front when it comes to ICAM over the years, uh, both from a policy perspective where they're helping leading implementation, but also from an uh, internal perspective. Talk a little bit about the GSA's ICAM strategy right now. Sure, and thanks for having me. Um, you know, GSA has uh, really been on the forefront of, of uh, mobility and telework. Uh, so our, our ICAM uh, policies and, uh, and office have been a key to that and, and have been so for quite some time. Right? So as we, as we continue um, working on uh, ICAM and as it matures, we uh, look to focus on a couple of things. Obviously, want to continue um, pushing towards mobility, right? mobility solutions. Um, we're looking to, to push outbound towards the cloud, of course. Um, and then we want to ensure that uh, policies and procedures and some of the um, uh, authorizations that we provide limit uh, lateral movement within the network. And I think th that, that last piece is uh, key because what you hear so many times is someone gets on in one area, then they just hop. Yep. And they, and then they, they find the weakest point and then they get through. Uh, so maybe can you talk a little bit about the strategy around kind of, as you say, push the mobility, enable the cloud, limit hopping. What's the strategy look like? What, what are some of the things, the steps you're taking today and, and maybe in the future? Sure. Yeah, as, as it relates to the cloud especially, we've um, taken a, a couple different uh, strategies towards that. So we're, we're looking to uh, extend what we have provided on-prem in the cloud. And I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier and, and alluded to that. We've, uh, several of us have done that. So we provide the similar tool sets, similar policy procedures, et cetera, that we uh, provide on-prem. Um, we're, we're looking to better standardize our levels of authorization as it relates to cloud, and that's to better protect um, not only systems, but really drill down into data uh, protection and understanding that. Um, Okay, so, so obviously two, two big things, uh, taking the, the current approach and saying, okay, how can we apply that into the cloud? And I think a lot of agencies, that's where they're starting, and, and that's where we'll bring in Ted from Okta a little bit. Ted's probably like, why are they doing that? That's a totally different. So Ted, we've been, we've been talking about uh, ICAM probably for you know, a solid 15 years now. And, yeah. and what are you seeing from agencies? What, what kind of, where's their interest when it comes to ICAM and their strategies? Great question. Um, usually our conversations are just like this. And we're going to take our 15-year legacy system that's been serving us so well for years, and we're going to refactor it and get it to do something it wasn't intentionally built to do. And they'll go through the first exercise and do that, and they realize, well, that was pretty hard, and here comes another cloud app, and now i got to do it all over again, I'm going to do it again. And then by the time the third one comes, they, they realize there's probably got to be a better way to do that. And so we've been doing federal government work for three and a half years now, and that is the common conversation we have. Like, I already got one, vested a ton of money, it's been around forever, uh, it has served us well, and then they do Office 365 and they find out that that took two years, and then, then all of a sudden ServiceNow comes on and like, oh, that's gonna take me another couple of years, and then they find out about new modern cloud-based identity management systems that were purpose-built to do exactly that. So uh, it typically takes a couple, couple of efforts and then, and, then, um, uh, and then they get introduced to modern, modern systems that, that show that it can be done in weeks and maybe months as opposed to you know, months and years. So what's the, help me understand what's the difference between a modern system and, and uh, you know, someone who's taking something, the existing one, and kind of putting it to the cloud. Yeah. Well, like, like w w define that for me. What's the difference? Perfect. First off, it's cloud-based. 
So it's already in the cloud. Already in the cloud. Already in the cloud. So it is, there's no like, hey, buy this hardware, here's the application loaded. So it's, first off, it's a, it's a holistic platform. We, we, we think identity needs to be a neutral and unbiased platform and of its own, especially in the, in the new modern compute era. So it can't be really tied to any kind of application stack. Uh, you know, typically it's like I'm an Oracle shop or an IBM shop or I'm a CA shop. Those days are gone because now you're an Amazon shop, you're a... You know, you're going to pick box service now and all these all these other things. So by, by default, the new world looks like a best-of-breed world. And in, in that fact, you need an unbiased and neutral platform to allow organizations to pick whatever is best for them. Sometimes it's Amazon. Sometimes it's Azure. Sometimes it's ServiceNow. Sometimes it's something else. Um, so having that, th that's important. The second thing is it has to be already integrated. Part of the really difficult things with, with identity is it connects people to technology and therefore... There are thousands and thousands of integrations that you need to worry about, and typically you have to build them yourselves uh, on, on, um, on your legacy applications. With, with modern cloud ones, those integrations are done. So that, that's, what, that's what really drives the speed. Um, so it's really speed. You know, Identity management systems are, are hard. They're really complex. Um, they're, they're, you need really smart people to, to build them and manage them. Uh, you have to in the modern modern cloud-based identity management systems. They have to come easy, right? So it's got to be easy to use. It's got to be quick to deploy. It's got to be pre-integrated uh, in order to drive drive the value, and that's that's what we hope to deliver. All right, Judy, let's bring you into the conversation. I remember covering uh, HSPD twelve. 2006, 2007 timeframe, and Interior was always out there as the agency that people mm -hmm. wanted to, you know, model themselves after. Um, so, so give me. I'm interested to catch up. I, we don't hear a lot about Interior these days, which is maybe good. Maybe that means you know, no news is good <laughs> news in good some worlds. <laughs> I don't agree with that. But, but give me a sense of where you guys are at with your iCam strategy. Sure, sure, Jason, and thank you for having me on the panel today. Um, uh, one of the things that I wanted to take us kind of back to, and you, you started it, is, is the, the origins of HSPD-12. Because the origins were identity proofing who is on your network, and then issuing a valid credential, a secure credential, to give them access to, to devices, to platforms, to, to applications um, on the network. And, and that's something that we really focused on in Interior. So one of the challenges that we had right off the bat was um, where was everyone identity proofed? Everyone that worked for us, do we know who they were? Do we still know who they were? You know, so those are the kinds of things that we focused on back in 2006. And we also put a strong governance process in place. I noticed the new OMB memo references doing that again. So I think we provided that as a lessons learned or a best practice to the FICAM roadmap folks, and, and we see it now coming out in the memo. So we're really happy to see that. Um, for us, where are we going now is we're building on a very strong platform of identity management and credential management that we have in place today. We want to get to the tools that'll help us with access management, but we've got to know that our identity information is sound and, and clean and, and secure. So we know that this person only exists once in our identity database, and they have one card, one credential, or one type of access device, and they only have one network account. So that allows us to be sure and confident that these people are the, are the right people to give that level of access to. So that's, that's been our focus. That's where we stand. We have a phenomenal tool that we built in, internally called our DOI access system. It allows us to capture that identity information during the onboarding process. And then we've automated the workflows between HR, human resources, 
uh, personnel security and physical security. So getting the background checks done, getting that information recorded. And then IT, getting them access to the network, to applications. And then uh, credential issuance. So we've, we've integrated that entire process. We've streamlined it. <clears throat> Our entire agency uses this process. And now with the CDM tools coming into play, that gives us the next toolbox. Uh, we open up a new toolbox and we get some new tools to play with. And that's going to take us to that next level of maturity that we're looking for. You bring up a couple things here I just want to tag back to. I, I think the most important one is the connection between the onboarding process. Hey, I'm mm -hmm. walking in. Uh, then the, my information goes to the physical access to security. My information goes to the IT. It's one record right. shared across the agency instead of, well, here's my files, type them in, or, well, I didn't know how to give them to you. Right. Is that really the key to any ICAM strategy? Is that one authoritative source, one authoritative record? I believe that it is, because without having good data, you run that risk of assigning access to the wrong person. And now you've set up, you may have the strongest process in place in all of the tools, but if you're authenticating the wrong person, then, then you've created a problem. Because you've given the wrong credential. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. I really think that uh, it's very important to point you brother about onboarding to outboarding, managing <laughs> identity and credential and access from the beginning to the end. It's, it's a full life cycle, and 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 our ICAM plays a key role uh, in that. And I think even at FEMA, that has been one of the things that we really um, putting a lot of effort in is is taking the human factor out of the onboarding through the outboarding process, making that a little bit more automated and having that single authoritative source of, of record to manage that. Um, it, it's, it's a huge push for my agency and that's one of the things we're really, really focusing on the, uh, this year. To add to that, Brian, you know, you know extending the conversation, uh, especially on the cloud front, um, it then presents you know, several new vectors uh, so, so we're dealing with also the identities of not just people, but IoT devices. We're dealing with credentials or uh, certificates, excuse me, um, and things along those lines that uh, don't exist, API calls. So there's nothing uh, physical to tie those to, but uh, they still need to be managed in a life cycle manner, as you described, which is very important. And you'll even bring up RPA, Robotics Process Automation. Right. There's, a, there's a great case study, a great discussion around NASA does their bot, right, need a PIV card? And I think they had a big discussion about that. In the end, they decided to give their bot, this this computer, a identity card. And I think OMB is working on some RPA guidance, and then that's a whole different path. But I think that just shows you where identity has come over the last 15 years. So let's bring, let's bring in the OP, uh, OMB memo a little bit. Is that influencing your ICAM strategy, or what did the OMB memo do for your, 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 the direction you were going? I know Brian or Togai? So I think the, the, I, uh, the OMB memo really kind of complements some of the strategies and, and, uh, and things that FEMA uh, is trying to do in, in, re, in regards to ICAM. One of the biggest things that I, that I got from, the, from that memo has to do with derived uh, credentials. Uh, um, and that's something that FEMA um, had, had a plan and, and started to work towards because of our uh, non-federal stakeholders that have access to our network and resources. So uh, female user base can grow exponentially over a short period of time based on either the emergency or disaster. You can go from 500 users to 1,000 users in a day. And how do you provision credential, identity, and credential and access? Derived credential comes to play in here. Um, 
And it must have been huge for you. You must have been celebrated in some ways <laughs> because you're right. You, how, how do you identify any proof during an emergency or how do you get people in place? Well, what if there is an emergency and you never, I mean, I don't think anyone can ever do it enough people or the right people because you just you don't know what kind of emergency you'll face. So having a drive control is something that you guys can turn fairly quickly. You can turn on and, and, and turn off uh, 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 plays a, a big part. Right. Yeah. And, Brian? And I think the OMB memo also opens up uh, additional uh, avenues as well, right? So the, the use of, of token-based, um, the, the use of uh, FIDO, U2F, et cetera, you know, extending even beyond the, the PIV is, is definitely uh, something we see influencing us in an area that we'd love to, uh, to investigate further. Uh, and Judy? Yeah, Brian, I'd like to uh, follow up on that because um, we, our agency got pretty excited about those other op- options and, oh, PIV cards are going away. We're like, no, 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 PIV cards are not going away. <laughs> They're going to be here. Those are our primary. So I think for me, the, the OMB memo really reinforced the value of your ICAM program in your agency, the value of managing identity. So using identity as a service, how are we going to do that? It's, it's this hidden information in our, in our back-end system. So how do we actually use that as a service in our agency? And, um, and the, the ability to use something other than a PIV card when the PIV card is not the right tool for the job. So looking at the risk level of an application, looking at, you know, do I need PIV to access this? I mean, we started with issuing PIV to everyone, and we're still doing that today. We are, we are looking at other options for PIV-I. We've got uh, a transient workforce um, when, we have, when it's fire season, and we're bringing on many, many, many firefighters. They only need access to one local application but we're right now issuing them a PIV credential. We know that's not the right solution. So we're very excited what, what this memo brings us to the table. I think we're going to take a quick break, but I, uh, your point is really great, is that sometimes it doesn't have to be so complicated and, and the cost is, is incredible mm-hmm. to give everyone a card. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the discussion, a primer on identity and access management in government, sponsored by Okta on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Please join Jason Miller, executive editor at Federal News Network, on Thursday, August 8th at noon for the panel discussion, Primer on Identity and Access Management in Government, sponsored by Okta. The panel includes government leaders from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the General Services Administration, and the Department of the Interior. Don't miss the panel discussion, Primer on Identity and Access Management in Government, on Thursday, August 8th at noon, right here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to the panel discussion, a primer on identity and access management in government, sponsored by Okta on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today, Togai Andrews, the Chief Information Security Officer at FEMA, Brian Mulo, the Director of Infrastructure Modernization at GSA, Judy Snowich, the Identity, Credential, and Access Management Program Manager at the Interior Department, and Ted Gerard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Okta. Before break, we were talking a little bit about the OMB memo and the impact it's had. We heard from our government uh, panelists. Let's turn to Ted a little bit. Ted, from an industry perspective and from a, you know, as you approach your government customers perspective, what is the OMB memo, what has it done for you around the the update to identity policy? Yeah, it's really um, a validation of kind of our our core themes at Okta. You know, there are a couple of neat things in in the memo that, there's a bunch of things in the memo that are called out, but, but a couple that are interesting to us is 
you know, they tie it to the pro, uh, presidential uh, management agenda, which is, hey, we're going to modernize. And typically, that means cloud and SaaS and mobile and, and, and new stuff. Uh, it ties it to CDM, so there's a security component to it. Hey, you know, we got to do this. But the most important thing it calls out is uh, identity as the new nexus point for security. Uh, it's they say, yeah, sure, perimeter security is important, but really the nexus point for that is identity, and we got to get that straight. Uh, and they call out cloud and SaaS and all that along with it. So that that's what was super interesting to us, and and really the the, the reason Okta was founded in the first place. Do you think in some ways it's fi- the final? nail in the coffin for defense in depth, for perimeter security, for let's build the biggest wall, put a moat around it, you know what I mean, like the old? I I think defense in depth is still there. It's not just you do this, right? You're gonna do this and you're gonna do everything else. Data centers aren't going away, PIV cards aren't going away, uh, but there are certainly a number of use, you know, we talked about PIV cards. Uh, We've got customers that have their customers that they don't wanna issue PIV cards to or they can't issue PIV cards to. A, A good example is, uh, the Navy's modernizing their their HR, their My Navy portal. They need to be able to get to sailors and beneficiaries and uh, what do they call them, uh, surrogates. Yeah. You can't give out all them PIV cards, but you have to have that same level of security. So they want to have single sign-on, they want to have multi-factor authentication, they want to be able to give the right person the right access to the right system from the right, uh, right tool that they have. Whether that's an iPhone or an Android or an iPad, they got to be able to to deliver that in, in a secure and seamless fashion. So those are those are some examples. But yeah, defense in depth is not. It's, it's going to be here for a while. Let's yeah. bring in the chief information security officer and yeah. talk about defense in depth. <laughs> yeah, talk a little bit a little bit about the, that that concept that that identity really is a new nexus or the the, the the next nexus for security. Talk a little bit about it from your perspective as the CISO of FEMA. So yeah, definitely as a CISO, that's one of the things that uh, uh, is very important to me is, is, is equating identity to security. Because uh, well, one of the things that really keep me up at night is really trying to figure out who's actually on my network and what's on my network. If I can be able to answer those two questions uh, um, off the bat, I, I'll feel I feel very confident and uh, and, and and proud in my security posture. Uh, so definitely being able to equate identity to security is, is important. I think this, the, the memo really uh, 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 did a good job at highlighting that. Um, so it's interesting you talked about who's on the network and what's on the network. You you bring up and I think Ted brought up the continuous diagnostics and mitigation, the CDM program, and that was one of the goals. And it actually fits in there when I when I wrote my story about the memo. Uh, I had just seen someone from DHS, Kevin Cox, who's the program manager for CDM Talk, and and he he just laid it out in such a way. I was like, oh, like the light went off, right? Oh, this is what CDM is. This is how it makes identity so important. So so just maybe go one more step further, Togai, about it's important, but how are you starting to use not just the memo, but how are you starting to ensure that you are authentication and verifying who's on your network and what's on your network, and, and where does... I, how are you using identity to do that? Yeah, good, good question. So currently at FEMA, we, we have done a phase one of CDM, which is, uh, uh, and then we're working on implementing phase two also. Um, so the key point for us when it comes to ICAM and security, and I see both as one. Uh, currently in FEMA, they both sits within uh, uh, the cybersecurity uh, 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 division. So knowing who's on your network as it relates to who's accessing your application or who's accessing um, um, uh, your system, what systems are on the network and being able to identify those systems 
as, as authorized system is very important. And one of the ways we are doing that is through the regular PIF, it's just BD12 card. But then uh, that only works for uh, f- your regular federal FEMA uh, 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 users. But yeah, but you have, you have contractors, you have uh, temp workers, you have search em- employees. You also have other federal uh, employees that comes on to FEMA's network as search employees during an emergency or a disaster. How do you uh, uh, identify them when we all, as a federal government, don't have, doesn't really have an interoperable uh, uh, identity store? Right, and I'm curious, this is Judy, I'm curious if you're treating them all the same today, so everyone gets a PIV, or do you currently have other solutions in place for them? So derived credential, that's a great point. Derived credential is really playing a big, uh, a big part of this and mm-hmm. ensuring that we have an interoperable um, identity management system so mm-hmm. that someone from GSA with their uh, uh, HSPD-12 uh, uh, PIF card right. can come onto FEMA's network and doesn't necessarily have to go through the entire ICANN process anymore, but can use their uh, uh, HSPD-12 badge on our federated. Yeah, that was definitely a challenge for us. And and in the beginning, um, it it was sort of the norm, oh, we'll issue them a DOI PIV card, and we're like, no. It's too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) No, they are not, you know, because the association isn't there. They're the FEMA employee or a GSA employee. They're not a DOI employee or contractor or resource. So um, we, have, we have moved forward with Federation and, tr- and accepting uh, and made it a policy now that to utilize, if they already have a PIV card, that's the card they're gonna access our network with. We do, we do still do some vetting and you know, are, they, are they allowed to get on our network? So we still do apply some of the same security rules to can they get on the network, but we, we no longer issue them a, our own PIV credential we use if they have one. Our challenge is when the people that don't have a PIV credential, so state, um, other, go- other government or non-government uh, public uh, entities that need access to some of our applications. And that's where I think the risk level and, and looking at what, what is required, what are they getting access to, and what's the risk level of, of giving them a- access. And is that, does that require a PIV card or something at that security level? What's the next solution that's a step down? And we're trying to find that now. So I think what we really do at FEMA currently, especially for our state, local, and tribal and territorial Mm -hmm. uh, partners, um, the state and local government want to have HSPD-12 or PIF card. They do, (laughs) but they have competing (laughs) priorities, and PIF is not one of the mandates, right? So as we, as FEMA, move to a a, a zero-trust environment, uh, one of the things that my my team is working on is trying to work with our local partners to make PIF uh, a priority, HSPD-12 a priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them and help strengthen their, their ICANN program so that uh, they can benefit from our zero trust environment. I want to go back to something that I think Judy said and the talk I mentioned and maybe bring Brian into this. Brian, you're, you're responsible, if you will, for implementation side of this. So when someone says, hey, let's make security and identity uh, the really the nexus point, how do you take that on from an implementation standpoint when, when you talk about the network? It's, it's more than just, hey, I have a card, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So from our perspective, we're we're realizing that the uh, attack vector is no longer linear, so we need to protect from from multiple angles. Um, Identity proofing is a very important piece of that. Uh, I think um, understanding um, uh, provenance uh, of the user, where they're coming from, who they are, et cetera, are very important aspects of that as we move forward. Um, But we realize that uh, simply trusting a person's identity is not going far enough, right? We need to extend that to all aspects of their 
uh, their, their session. So understanding their, what token they're receiving, what kind of credential they're using, maybe potentially where they're coming from geographically, um, you know, understanding the time of day and things like that and profiling against uh, normal usage are areas that we're uh, attempting to, to get better at and improve and mature so that we can uh, better uh, recognize anomalies. Uh, and to the point of CDM, you know, being able to use some of that data that's inherent in the CDM program to, uh, to, to feed uh, some of those uh, analytics. And I think the key here as well is not so much that you have, okay, I can get somebody on the network. It's what can they do on the network. And, and maybe, Ted, talk a little bit about this idea of roles and responsibilities when it comes to identity management. I mean, really, that's what we're talking about is, is I can let Ted, Ted Gerard on my network, but he can only read stuff. He can't write. He can't change. Or I can give him read and write privileges or I can only give them privileges in this, this small part of the network. I mean, all of that can be, is, is part of what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's, and it's super important. What, what Brian was essentially talking about was contextual-based access management. And if I got the right credential, and Ted always comes into the building and always logs into this machine at this time, and all of a sudden, Ted comes from a different geolocation on a different machine at a different time zone, that should set off some kind of alarm. Like China comes in from China at 4 a.m. in the morning on a, on a Samsung device, and he's a Mac user. Like, you either have to deny the person or step up authentication of the person, or some kind of warning has to go someplace to, to do that. that, that that's super important. Uh, but you know, from, from Okta's perspective, it's once you have the platform uh, and we have all the integrations, we can now control who has access to what per application. So if... if you know, it, it may be okay for me to log into a system from a Starbucks, but I probably shouldn't be able to see these applications. So depending on, you know, my credential, if I come into the building, pass the guard with my PIV card, get in, put, plop it into my laptop, I, could, I should get full access to what my job entails, right? If I'm coming from a Starbucks, maybe I get, a, maybe I get to see a session of that. Uh, that's all possible and it should be done. So once you have all the people and all the technologies and the integrations done, your platform should just become the policy engine. And you should have a, a really solid way to be able to determine by group what you get to do, when you get to do it. And Judy, is that something that Interior is starting to look at? Because as you said, we've decided that if Brian comes to visit you mm-hmm. and has his HSPD12 PIV card, uh, you can decide what kind of the session that he gets or the, the access that he gets. Are you guys starting to have that conversation? Because that's part of the governance side, too. It is. It is. And we, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a, a little bit of a bumpy process. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice way to say it. Yeah. Because we have to somehow authenticate or uh, have that card, um, know that that card is valid. So there's a, there's a check that has to happen when he pushes, puts the card into our network that it's, it's going to go up and, and look at the revocation list and make sure that that card is, in fact, a valid card. Um, so sometimes getting access to the revocation to the right agency's uh, revocation list is a challenge. And, and I'm, but I'm most excited that you guys are at least taking on reciprocity. Oh, yes. Because this has been such a problem. I mean, I've been to GSA several times, Brian, and they actually do allow, hey, you have a federal ID, go ahead, go through. Right. And they may not be going through the gates, but at least they're recognizing that if Togai comes to visit you, his FEMA card is, is good enough. Where I try to get in, they're like, uh, sir, to the side, please. Let, you know. <laughs> Uh, is airport, security. It, airport security, exactly. The other piece of this conversation that I want to tie in and came up a little bit is cloud and, and IT modernization and, and this idea that identity and security, but it also has to be, and I think, Ted, you mentioned this, agile and flexible. So, so let me open it up to the panel. Where does this idea of, of, 
uh, identity management, ICAM fit in with IT modernization within your agency? Are you having these conversations with your CIO and, and others? Togai, maybe? Yeah. So it's, right now, uh, we had a previous start of this conversation prior to, uh, to the show. Um, we're talking about, well, how do we move to the cloud and, and create the same sense of ICAM uh, solution um, and uh, an effective ICAM solution in, in the cloud? especially when some of your customers have already moved to the cloud and you now, from a cybersecurity perspective or ICAM perspective, play and catch up. How do you do it? One of the biggest mistakes that, that I, I'm af I was afraid to make is, well, I do not want to replicate my current on-prem <laughs> I ICAM solution. You, you just made Ted really yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, we didn't want to do that. Uh, but then the challenge is, well, what do we do then, right? Um, so currently what we're doing, since we already have folks in the cloud, uh, we, we're using uh, the open authentication solution uh, 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 to, uh, to bridge the gap between our on-prem ICAM um, uh, and our cloud solution. Now, is that the, the, uh, the end state? No, it's not, but I think it's currently a path forward to get us to modernize our, our, our ICAM. And, and let me just take it one, maybe one step further. When you have the conversations with your CIO and when you're brought into them to talk about, hey, we're going to modernize this application or, hey, we're going to move to the cloud with this set of apps, what do you think from a security perspective? Is identity part of that conversation? Is how are we going to ensure that we can authenticate and verify access? Yes, identity is definitely part of the conversation. So I have a checklist of what, <laughs> what I try to get a, a, a good sense of feeling from when, when some of my customers at trying to move to the cloud. Identity, access management is also having, having a SOC capability, or security capability also is, is one of the things uh, on, on my list that I, that I try to get a good answer to prior to uh, supporting the movement to the cloud. Excellent, all right. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Brian, hold the thought. Uh, and then we'll come back, we'll continue our conversation. You're listening to the discussion, a primer on identity and access management in government sponsored by Okta on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Please join Jason Miller, executive editor at Federal News Network, on Thursday, August 8th at noon for the panel discussion, Primer on Identity and Access Management in Government, sponsored by Okta. The panel includes government leaders from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the General Services Administration, and the Department of the Interior. Don't miss the panel discussion, Primer on Identity and Access Management in Government, on Thursday, August 8th at noon, right here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to the panel discussion, a primer on identity and access management in government, sponsored by Okta on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today, Togai Andrews, the Chief Information Security Officer at FEMA, Brian Mulo, the Director of Infrastructure Modernization at GSA, Judy Snowich, Identity Credential and Access Management Program Manager at the Interior Department, and Ted Gerard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Okta. Now, before break, we were talking a little bit about the, the role of identity and access management into the cloud, into IT modernization, always the hot topic around uh, uh, conferences. Uh, Brian, you were going to jump in before break a little bit. When, you, when GSA has that conversation about uh, IT modernization cloud, do you raise your hand and be like, okay, guys, but we need to talk about this issue too, or mm -hmm. is, is that issue kind of intertwined already? Right. It's def definitely an uh, agenda item that's brought up. Uh, and to, to add what Togai was, was mentioning, um, you know, the, the conversation really starts with the application team that's do, doing the development, right? Um, we, a lot of applications organically grew up in the environment in the past and they have different uh, 
um, stances on, on how they handle identity management. And, and obviously, it's a great opportunity during modernization to uh, take advantage of that and ensure that we're, we're aligning to current policies, procedures, and, uh, and governance that we have in place. So a couple of areas that we, we look to, to target are, um, you know, identification and minimization of point solutions, right? So as uh, SaaS solutions are available, there's a number of different items uh, and offerings that are, that are very dedicated to those solutions. Um, we try to minimize the number of uh, identities, obviously, that uh, a user has, um, the number of credentials tied to their identity, uh, which was a common point that was brought up previously. Um, and then really standardizing um, the the roles or categories of roles so we can ensure that we're, uh, we're enabling those across the enterprise uh, in, in some uh, standardized fashion. The, the other challenge around this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, is some, somebody may say, well, this is just an application where the user does X, Y, or Z. It doesn't really need identity management, or it can just, username and password is fine. It, it's, it's your job or your CISO's job or your CIO's job to jump in and say, okay, but remember, they're adding their address or they're adding their telephone number. That's considered potentially PII, so we do need a higher level of identity management. Is, is that sometimes the aha moment for maybe some application owners? Have you for, seen for that? For sure. Yeah, and, and I think you, you, not to gloss over the point you mentioned, I, I think, you know, ICAM and identity management is really intertwined with, with cybersecurity at this point, and that's, that's the way we treat it. So, you know, uh, there is definitely an aha moment, and, and it really um, makes the application owner rethink how they're developing or modernizing their application, right? We, we may need to take this from the ground up to ensure that we're adhering to these standards and that, you know, some of this data is potentially sensitive. And Ted, this goes back to your idea of the integration. This is why if you do a identity management platform, right. it's, it can be integrated more easily. That way you're not bolt, the old bolt-on versus build-in, right? Yeah, well, I want to go back to one of your points. The first question is like, hey, this application says it's like non-critical. Don't worry about it. Don't, we don't need to fold it in. The, if you look at the latest Verizon report, it's like 80% of breaches are, are weak or stolen password. And the, the danger of that is person that gets to use that, they're going to use the same password as the one that they use on everything else because it's easy to remember. And so you steal that one now, so you're back into everything else. So you got to, you got to lock that down too. We see the world through two lenses and we kind of heard these, 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 uh, these problems today. There's the workforce, right? The people that show up to work every day to serve the, the, the mission of the agency that they serve. But then there are all the outside entities that you need to do business. To go, you talked about, hey, first responders and you know, state and local organizations. It's really... It, you're going down a path to try to convince them to get PIV cards, you know, th that's a tough road to hoe, right? You have to be able to extend your system to them in a fashion that is as, as close to as secure as a PIV. Not, PIV cards are like the ultimate secure you know, thing. We hope. We hope. Right? Yeah. And like Judy said, they shouldn't be going anywhere. Right, right. So they're, they're super secure. But you have to be able to extend uh, a reasonable level of security to outside organizations and to be able to control that. Um, so we see the world through, through, through two lenses. One is we call workforce identity, and the other one is called customer identity. And customer identity is really our customers' customers. Uh, having a single platform to, in it, to enable both of those gives our customers the ability for a 360-degree view of all of, their, all of their identities, like not only their workforce, but all their, but all their customers as well. And that, that, we believe, is a, a really important thing. And really what we're heading down the path toward is this concept of zero trust. And it's come up a little bit. Togai mentioned it. Judy, talk a little bit about the zero trust. It's a great buzzword that we hear all the time, but identity is the key to creating that environment. It, it, it should be. 
the key to creating that <laughs> sure. environment. You sound, you sound hesitant there, <laughs> I, like maybe it's not for some people. I would like to see it embraced as the, as the key to securing that environment. And you know what we have is a lot of, and this goes back to the, 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 question, the conversation a few minutes ago, we have folks that are, uh, you know, they, they, they have an application or a device that is not within the network boundary, um, or they have, they're trying to secure access to the application, um, but, but they want to walk away and be able to have a mobile device that allows them access to the same data that's in, within the network from wherever they are. We have uh, a wonderful examples in Interior of people that are out in the field. They're out, in, they're out, they're monitoring stream gauges in rivers. And they've got to capture that data. It goes up to a satellite, comes back down to us in our database. But you know, they also need to make a phone call, or they need to provide other information other than just that data snippet. So you know, they are out there trying to, to work with the tools that we have. Um, we have the plethora of many types of devices that you know management wants to have. So with that, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, how do we secure these? How do we make them able to access all of their email, all of their network information? Um, briefs that they're going to get that are very secure and you know but they want to do it on the most convenient device that they have so we go back to identity we go back to who you know what should they have access to how are we going to grant that access to now that device so that our data the path that they're getting to that data is still secure and that path has been always a little bumpy because you can say well i'm going to let togai have access okay but how much access well once he's in he's in and I think that that's the difference we're talking about now is, no, no, you can have access, but you can only have access to a little bit. Right. Or you can, again, we go back to what I said earlier, the, what are the roles and responsibilities. Togar, you mentioned as well uh, Zero Trust. How has FEMA started to look at Zero Trust and where does identity fit in, obviously, there, too? Yeah, uh, that's a good, good, good question. As our strategy is always to develop a, a Zero Trust environment, yet and still meet our business needs. And, that, and that's a challenge in itself trying to meet your business needs, uh, serve your disaster survivors, and still have a, a secure network. So identity becomes the catalyst, uh, ICANN becomes the catalyst for, for creating that zero trust environment, yet and still being a business enabler and, and getting to the yes for, for, for our customers. Uh, um, and uh, uh, so our customers include our survivors, but not just the survivors, but also the programs and other entities within FEMA that provides uh, uh, the service to our survivors. And, and, also. and one of the challenges FEMA has is, if I have just survived a hurricane and I come to you and say, hey, I need some benefits, where's your ID? Well, it was lost <laughs> in the hurricane. Well, who are you? I'm still me. <laughs> uh, that's another piece of this because not that they need credentials per se, but they may need to fill out a loan application or, or some kind of benefit application, and that's an identity-based issue as well. So you need connections back to maybe the IRS or the Social Security Administration or some kind of uh, matching. Is that something also that, that comes up as a big challenge for you guys? It, it does, and, and, and it's one of the problems that we have and we're trying to, trying to solve is when, some, when, a, when a survivor shows up and has no form of identity, how, how do you identify them as a customer? So we talk about identity, but we talk about from internal to, to our internal business process, but also as we provide customer service. How do you identify the customer and ensure that that person is who they say they are, right? especially in terms of granting uh, assistance? So it is a challenge, and, and, and we're looking at different ways to try to solve that. 
And, and Brian, GSA has a similar challenge, but but usually not with uh, survivors of hurricanes and floods mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But you guys do business with so many different uh, vendors, and then you also do customer agencies. Uh, zero, how what is the conversation on zero trust within GSA? Mm-hmm. Zero trust is really uh, it, it's a the definition of maturity, essentially, right? We 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 the activities that we're taking are all around enhanced governance. Uh, standardization of, of roles and, and access, and those are uh, key uh, important factors in ensuring that we're able to put the controls in place that are necessary. Um, I think e- education of the applications, or application teams, excuse me, is uh, critically important to, to ensure that they understand that role. Um, and, and we've, we, we're definitely looking to move towards it. It is definitely the right direction, and we're uh, anticipating that the use of some of the CDM tools, as I, I alluded right. to earlier, uh, really provide us with some of the data that allows us to uh, to perform that lockdown and understand who is doing what, and also provide the auditability to ensure that what we are putting in place is uh, is doing what we intended it to do, uh, or not, for that matter. And I think that's a great point, that the auditability of it as well. It's one thing to say who you are, and okay, I trust you, but... Do I trust you tomorrow? Are you still the same person tomorrow? Mm-hmm. There's right. a whole piece of that. Uh, Ted, just weigh in a little bit as well on zero trust. It's it's a big buzzword from you industry folks. Yeah. Uh, but it, there's there's I think a little more to it than just hey it's the next shiny object. Yeah, it's you know I don't know if I can answer it much better than than Tagai answered it. It's you know it's our our thesis that identity is the foundation of, of a zero trust uh, platform or a zero trust architecture. It's you have to have control that that person, their device, where they are, the entire contextual access management component, what they should have access to. So uh, we don't think you get to zero trust without having a really strong handle on, on identity and access management. And, and is, when you have those conversations with agency customers, when you explain that to them or when they, when you have, when, it, when it's a no brainer head nod, they, you know, they get it. Yeah, they get it. All right. But the question is, how do we get there, right? So, what, so then let's bring Judy back into the conversation because we've been talking a lot about why identity is important. We've been talking about, you know, the fact is that it, it's the basis for security. But there's a ton of challenges to getting your ICAM, your, your authentication, your verification into your system. So, Judy, lead us off with a little bit of what challenges is Interior seeing? I think one of the biggest challenges for us was, um, you know, with HSPD 12, first came out and we established our governance process. We had leadership in all of our bureaus and offices that were responsible for implementing HSPD 12. We had an executive steering committee that was responsible for setting the the priorities. Um, And and there was a very common goal, a very clear cut goal. It was issue PIV cards to everyone. And the challenge that we had after all of the cards were out there was, you know, okay, that, that, now that happens, and it happens smoothly, and people get new cards when they lose them, and people, you know, so that process seems to be working very well. Maybe we don't need our ICAM Executive Steering <laughs> Committee anymore, and maybe we don't need all our leadership in the bureaus, because what are we implementing? So I think, you know, the challenge, and the memo helps to meet this challenge, is it reinforces that importance of your ICAM program, the foundation that identity information is, when you couple identity information with other, other attributes, training, have they got the right training? Are they the right level for, to have this kind of access? Do they have the right background investigation level to have this kind of access? And then you marry that identity, that vetted identity, with all of those other attributes. Now you've got a, a really um, intelligent decision-making capability. Should I give this person access? Is this the person that should get access today? Uh, 
Ted, weigh in a little bit because one of the big challenges I think that, that we talked about today was trying to slap it on, bolt it on. But walk me through some of the other challenges you're seeing as you talk to agencies. Because if you say they understand the fact that identity is at the center of security, if you understand the fact that they need to get to a zero trust environment and there's tools like CDM there and they understand and they understand and they understand. Yeah. So just do it already, right? Right. But, but it's more difficult than that. It is way more difficult than that. It's... I think probably the number one difficult thing is uh, the just the technical debt that the government has. Right? It's not like they're shutting their data centers down anytime soon. Right? We're not. There are a couple agencies that have gone 100. percent Like I think the uh, FCC. Right. Like they're the only ones I know that like, hey, we're shutting down our data center, turning off our last server, but we're going cloud. That's not the reality for government. You know, large departmental government agencies. There, there's going to be this heavy. You talked talk to me earlier. You got mainframes, mm-hmm. right? We have mainframes. So, so that's not going away any anytime soon. Um, so it's that piece. The second one is uh, government agencies have really mature ICANN program offices already, and they have. You know, it's not like hey, we should maybe we should be thinking about identity. Like we've been doing identity for a heck of a long time. So there's a cultural aspect to it, right? Uh, and I think the third thing is, and I think the, the memo addresses it, is acquisition of cloud services. And getting your identity and access management as a service is a, is a new thing. Uh, and so there's, there's, that, there's that pushback as well. We're almost out of time before I let you guys go. I just, and this has been a great conversation. I want to talk a little bit about where we're heading because we've talked about the challenges we see today. We've talked about kind of where we're at today. But again, a year from now, two years from now, hopefully, you know, we said this probably in 2005, and 2007, and 2009, identity will be different. So to a guy, maybe lead us off real quick. Uh, give me about 30 seconds. Where is FEMA going to be in a year, two years from now when it comes to identity management and ICAM? If I had a metric, why? Well, we really <laughs> like FEMA to be one as far as ICAM is concerned. It's really integrating interoperable credentials across our, our, our environment so that we do not have to issue uh, uh, credentials and we can just inherit credentials from, from other federal agencies. Derived credentials is another part also for our state and local partners. So right. that's where I would like us to go. Brian, a GSA? GSA has a, a similar want. I mean, as far as <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> as far as the, the um, investigating other types of tokens uh, to provide us with that capability, um, and then also the the use of of more and development of more shared services, multi-factor shared services like login.gov, OMB Max, things along those lines. And and, and we're going to skip Ted because Ted yeah. will give you the last word. But Judy, where's Interior heading? So where I'd like to see Interior be in a couple of years is that that on day one when we're onboarding a contractor or if that that they sit down at their office, they have a valid PIV card, uh, they have a computer, they have access to the network, they have access by logging in with their PIV card and typing in their PIN to every single application that they need to have access to. That's my vision. All right, and, and will you get there? I think so. All right. I think so too. Ted, you get the last word of the day, so to speak. Uh, what, what's your hope when we have this conversation again in a year or two, where, where agency is going to be from Okta's perspective? Well, besides, you know. You know it's a really, it's been a really exciting journey. I mean, I, I joined Okta three and a half years ago, zero customers. Uh, we're up to 30 customers at this point. Um, what's really exciting is just seeing that the journey that they're on and the, the kind of uh, help that we can that we can bring with them. You know, the, the missions that my customers have are really different than any other mission that my rest of my peers have. I, I've got the best customer in the world. <laughs> uh, they do awesome things and, and being able to help them uh, do their jobs, do them more rapidly, do them more efficiently, do them at a lower cost, and do it more securely is really super rewarding. 
So I just want to continue doing what we're doing. All right, well, very good. Uh, First, let me uh, thank you all for taking the time uh, because we are out of time and this has been a great conversation. So let me thank my guest, Targay Andrews, the Chief Information Security Officer at the Federal Emergency Management Agency, Brian Mulo, the Director of Infrastructure Modernization at the General Services Administration, Judy Snowich, Identity Credential and Access Management Program Manager at the Interior Department, and Ted Gerard, the Vice President of Public Sector at Okta. Thank you very much for taking the time today. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion, a primer on identity and access management in government, sponsored by Okta on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Okta, O-K-T-A. Thank you for listening to the panel discussion, Primer on Identity and Access Management in Government, sponsored by Okta on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.